The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. As featured in Time Out magazine, um, I'm Emma. I'm Catherine. I'm Lily. I'm Lucy. Excellent. And this week we're going to be talking about something to do with our bodies again, and that is um, body modifications. So that covers everything from plastic surgery to piercings to tattoos to anything you like. Isn't that right, girls? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I thought to start us off we could chat a bit about tattoos. So has anyone seen... I thought we could start with some light-hearted... Anyone seen any really bad tattoos? I've not seen it personally, but I've heard of a very, very bad tattoo, which... Um, happened like a lot of them do whilst traveling around southeast asia and getting drunk uh, my friend um went on went traveling and they their iphone died so they only had a few kind of tracks of music left that they could listen to and one of those tracks was cindy lauper girls just want to have fun and then in recognition of this being the anthem to their holiday one of the guys got a for some reason a betty boot tattoo that said underneath it girls just want to have fun which i just think is horrendous why Absolutely betty boot? Awful. i don't know I it's don't always know. betty boop isn't it i've got one um when we went to benekasim i've only recently <laughs> discovered that that's how you pronounce it um yeah i was chatting to a group of guys and noticed that one of them had on his back a kind of like maybe three inch tall um, tattoo across his shoulder blades that said Morgan in big letters. Thought maybe it has some sort of significance to him, whatever. Got chatting. Eventually it got time for us to say what our names were. And he said his name was Morgan. And I realised <laughs> he had his own name tattooed all over his back. That's probably the worst tattoo I've ever seen. At school, when we were um, in the sixth form, one of our friends wanted a tattoo for her 18th birthday. So we decided to get her a, a rainbow tattooed, which is what she wanted. But unfortunately, I don't think our budget stretched to colour. So we got her a black and white rainbow. Oh, my God. Which is reminiscent of a protractor, which I love. And I know she'll be listening, so she'll probably enjoy this Does she moment. like protractors? Was she keen on that? <laughs> uh, not especially. It was the rainbow concept, but it's done in black and white. It's very... It's arty. That, that sounds pretty arty. Lily, have you got any horrible tattoo stories? I haven't got a horrible tattoo story. I've got quite a nice one. My sister got a big tattoo that's kind of from her wrist to her elbow and it's kind of geometric shapes and it's actually one of the nicest tattoos I've seen. I think she designed it with the tattoo artist and it cost about £400. I, I don't think it's caused her any issues in the workplace or anything. It's never... Because, you know, that's what they say about tattoos and you'll regret it later. I don't think it's the sort of tattoo that you can regret that one. I think parents just say those kind of things to put you off because they think it looks gross. They're always like, oh, you'll never get employed if you have this, but actually... Oh, no, I found a, a CNN article earlier uh, where the journalist says that um, she interviewed a handyman to come to do some work at her house. She says, I noticed a teardrop tattoo at the top of his left cheek. Prior to hiring him, I searched online for what this design signified. Oh, yeah. My mouth dropped when I found out a teardrop tattoo can mean he murdered someone, so I hired someone else. So I think it like it can hinder your career opportunities. Yeah, it's a prison tattoo, isn't it? Yeah, well... Uh, we were actually looking at some Russian prison tattoos earlier, uh, which is really interesting because they are kind of famously meant to have all kinds of meanings. So, for example, um, kind of not just in Russia, but across the world, tattoos where there's um, churches, cathedrals, mosques, all the different kind of spires um, are meant to be maybe how many years you've been in prison or possibly how long you have left. Um, but also often um, if you have a dagger on your neck, that means that you're available to hire from by other prisoners to kill someone in prison. Wouldn't which, it be really easy for the police to catch you once you've got that? That's what I thought. But you're in prison. 
And technically, whether you have the tattoo or not, it is not... That's not evidence, It's not in and of itself evidence that you're going to do any harm. Yeah. Well, one thing that's quite interesting is that... um, in that kind of, uh, I suppose, like prison culture, sometimes tattoos are forced on you. So if you're a kind of like a grass, for example, you would be kind of forcibly given a tattoo, which then marks your status so that you'll be completely ostracised. Talking of prisons and tattoos, the best prison tattoo is obviously the one in Prison Break. What's that? It's, a, whole, it's a map of the whole prison, so he can get out. Oh, how does he get out? How does he have that? How does he know what the president? I don't know. Like? I only watched one episode. That's all I know of it. <laughs> Very so, do we do we like tattoos? I think it depends. <laughs> yeah, because that's depends. like saying like, do we like ears? Uh, do I, that's interesting, actually. Do we like any ears? Because I don't know that I particularly like any ears at all. I, I Probably do not like an ear. A, I like. Sorry, I, I do like a detached earlobe. Yeah, yeah. I feel quite funny about. I mean, it's kind of mean, but I I do feel funny about those kind of straight ones. <laughs> what What's do you your favourite earlobe type? <laughs> what about earlobes with those plugs in them? Oh no, I can't be doing with that. I, I think obviously certain types of tattoos and piercings have really crossed over into the mainstream, so they seem kind of they're seen as being socially acceptable. But then there are other things which are still really kind of like people would say they're alternative. And the, what do you what do you call it when you have the is plug. it a plug? Is yeah, it a plug? I saw yeah. a really big one the other day that I could have got my hand through. And it just, I just thought that is, I just found it really gross. I quite liked one I saw once where it was, there was a man standing in front of a clock and you could see the whole clock behind him and see what the time was through his plug in his ear. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, he's not <laughs> obstructing your view of the time. It's quite useful. Would anyone get a tattoo? I definitely wouldn't. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not into permanent decisions about yeah, my life. Yeah, I would agree with that one. Yeah. I, I've always wanted a tattoo. Whether I actually would get one is another matter. Because, yeah, they are obviously incredibly permanent but it's just the fear that you would look back on it and think that it signifies a different part of your life that you don't have any sort of empathy with anymore and you don't recognize that person but it's like kind of what we talked about last week teenage angst your clothes and your dress sets and everything is something that you might just want to forget about but if you if you look back on your tattoo and hate it then it's a permanent reminder apparently there are a lot of people who've got it removed um i was reading Megan Fox got an, an enormous tattoo of Marilyn Monroe on her arm, I think it was, and she got that removed because it was embarrassing. There was a whole list of... I found this website with a whole list of celebrities that were ashamed. Johnny Depp got Winona Ryder on her arm, on his arm. and uh, No, Winona Forever, and he got a little section of it removed, so it said, Why No Forever? I like that. Mm. That's pretty smart. It's yeah. cunning. Yeah. When I was 16... Um, I got my lip pierced and it was kind of a failed attempt at rebellion because my mum ended up coming to the piercing studio with me Um, and actually after the kind of incredibly muscular, maybe like six foot eight tall, bald-headed, tattooed piercer with like massive plugs in his ears finished shoving a needle through my lip, my mum said to him, isn't she the bravest girl you've ever seen? (laughs) Um, At which point he said, yes, yes, definitely, (laughs) which is very sweet of him. But yeah, that was my quite short-lived, actually, rebellion because I took it out after a while. It was obstructing my speech and eating. (laughs) So I thought, didn't really want to do it. But um, yeah, that's the only exciting piercing story I have. And that's it. Anyone else? I once got a second hole pierced in my ear and I can't remember how old I was. It was at a festival or something, so I was probably 15 and I got home and my mum said I had to take it out or I couldn't go on holiday. What? And so I took it out. That's bribery. That's what that How is. was the holiday? Brilliant. Really? Yeah. You went, you went it was a good mate. It was fine. Well, I got my nose pierced two years ago. 
And my dad still absolutely hates it. He just hates it. And he was convinced that I wouldn't get a job. Didn't you already have a job? I had a job, but he thought that I might get the sack. Like, he genuinely thought that. He just thinks it's absolutely disgusting. My mum, I said to my mum, what do you think? Like, do you think it's okay? And she said, um, it's not as bad as I thought it would be, which was as much of a compliment as she was going to give it. I love your nose piercing. Thanks. I think it's very fetching. I always wanted to have one done, and then I thought, I I wasn't sure whether it would, like, work. And then um, one of my friends said that it definitely would look awful, which put me in a bit That's of a spur you on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not sure. But I had a really bad day, and I just decided there and then, what could I do today that would make things more fun? And I just went, like, fuck it, I'm going to go and get my nose pierced. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I still find it enjoyable seeing it in the mirror because it's like a little surprise because I'm still not that used to it. It's like changing your hair. I just think it's really fun. I think the worst reaction to my lip piercing was a kind of lack of reaction from my parents. <laughs> so they were just kind of like, yeah, OK, you can ruin your face. That's fine. Right, whenever I get a spot on my nose, I always really want a nose piercing just so that I can pop it, but then it subsides after that. And also that's the worst time probably to get a nose piercing. Yeah, I think it would be irresponsible to, <laughs> to pierce a spot, I think. <laughs> um, so we were going to talk about some kind of more permanent body modifications. So obviously we thought we'd talk about labiaplasty. Why not? It's quite a hot topic. Um, yeah, I think Catherine, you had some good information if you wanted to. Yeah, it's a really that. hot topic. Um, well, it's basically, it's not even just labiaplasty. It's everything about um, sort of, I suppose, looking after your vagina. And there's been a lot of stuff in the press about people using special washes and creams that they didn't need. But in India especially, they've been advertising. There's a cream called 18 Again, which is meant to rejuvenate and tighten your vagina. And then there's also vaginal whitening cream, which is just completely bonkers. I never heard of that. Um, but those have been quite popular. Um, and apparently, India's whitening cream market is actually valued at $432 million. And more people buy skin lightening creams in India than bottles of Coke, which yeah. I found completely bizarre. When I lived in China, um, my sister needed to buy foundation and she basically couldn't because all of the foundation had whitener products inside of them. Really? So you just can't. Like... And it's really bad for you um, because the kind of bleach, um, the ingredients that they use are really corrosive to your skin. So it can cause uh, sort of permanent damage problems with pigmentation. But yeah, so basically... There's obviously that kind of trend massively in kind of countries like India, China, and Af uh, the entire continent of Africa, but and actually the States. But one thing that's becoming kind of increasingly popular here is the labia and um, plasties, which kind of come in all different. There's all different types of operation that like you can tighten or trim or whatever. Um, but there's basically been like a five-fold increase in the last five years and quite a few school children are being referred because even at... So there's one child of age 11 who had an operation, which kind of sounds completely bizarre and that m may have been due to health reasons, but it seems like quite a fine line because people are kind of claiming that they have psychological problems by feeling like their vagina's not normal. Um, yeah, I read an article that someone had written about when they got theirs done, and they said it wasn't for cosmetic reasons, it was, like, discomfort mainly. Um, but they said, after, so they said it was physically uncomfortable and unsightly, and they said afterwards, after their operation, she looked at herself in a full-body mirror and thought for the first time, I look feminine, I look right. So that's kind of really sad, really, in a way, to really think sad. about, you know, that you didn't consider yourself feminine before getting it done yeah and it's I suppose it's quite difficult to judge because like most people I haven't really actually seen that many vaginas and I don't watch porn 
and I don't I've not really looked at my friends vaginas so it's never really occurred to me to compare my genitalia against anyone else's but I think for a lot of people quite a lot of the girls that when um, I was kind of looking at stories of people who wanted to have the operation a lot of girls had kind of basically talked about their boyfriends watching porn and it was when they've watched porn with their boyfriends that they've started worrying about it um, but anyway in response to this there's an artist called Jamie McCartney who I think I might be in love with now and um, who basically has created this art project called the great wall of vagina brilliant that's a pun first pun of the show <laughs> and and he's a sculptor i'm a sculptor and he's basically um cast in plaster 400 vaginas from kind of women volunteers and has kind of assembled them on this big wall and they're of all different shapes and sizes and he talked a bit about why he wanted to do this um and he basically said that vaginas have always been a source of fascination, recently of celebration, but generally of confusion. Does and... it just mean for him? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, f- for many women, their genital appearance is a source of anxiety. And he felt that as an artist and sculptor, he was in a position to change this. And that art kind of has a responsibility and artists have a responsibility to try and make society start talking about this. And um, so it's been on display. And actually in Tokyo, the police um, kind of branded it obscene. And it was really it's been really controversial in some countries. But it's meant to be a kind of representation of all different types of vaginas. And the variation is actually incredible. So what, what kind of variations are there? Just in size of, like, um, I suppose, like, inner and outer labia and, yeah, just size and look. It was, I think also, different. you know, there's there's obviously a hair covering. Some people's hair covering is quite uh, quite thick on their outer labia, even maybe going a little bit inside. Some people's inner labia extend well below the outer labia. Yeah. That can often be a cause of concern. I'm not sure if someone did a cast of my well, vulva, I guess, the whole area, if I was to look at it, if I would know that was my own one. That's what I was wondering. That's Do you know what interesting, I mean? actually, because I, I don't really look at mine that often. I mean, us, I think it's important to look at one's body uh, <laughs> in true. all different it's angles. True. But I still think, you know, however familiar you are with your own vulva, I think in plaster cast, it would be very hard. <laughs> yeah, face, out. like, head on, <laughs> facing it. If you actually Google the Great Wall of Vagina and go on um, his website, you can see there are some photos of the process of him um, getting the cast where you're kind of, well, the women are lying on this uh, almost like kind of medical bed with their legs, their legs splayed open and this just literally plaster covering See, doesn't that cause like severe irritation? So I think there's something over like some kind of film. Speaking of labia, um, in Rwanda, um, women practice something called labia stretching where they basically pull their labia um, menorah to make them longer. Um, and it's something they're taught when they're teenagers. And it's actually like it was the World Health Organization was kind of looking into it as a kind of genital mutilation issue. But um, they've had to change it and say it's just modification because all the women they spoke to about it kind of praised it and said that they wanted to do it. And actually it kind of facilitates better orgasms and female ejaculation. So that's actually really? kind of really interesting. Um yeah, the kind of other side of it, maybe. But it's still, I guess, something that actually they're almost being made to do. I guess it's part of a tradition, but they all say they want to do it. So I don't know. That's a body modification, but is that entirely positive? Maybe It sounds like they're doing it for kind of sexual reasons. Would you say is that the main purpose? I think so. I mean, that's what they said. They said it increases. I think also aesthetically, they like the way it looks. But um, yeah, for sexual increased sexual pleasure. Um, so speaking of like looking at kind of a, a range of labia and working out, you know, <laughs> are mine normal? They're probably all normal. Um, there's a really good website that I've been looking at. Um, 
it's probably as close as porn that you can look at in a, in a school setting. Um, it's basically <laughs> just like loads and loads of boobs and people like there's no I've face or anything. It's really good. And it just kind of has underneath like people saying, you know, I'm 23 or whatever and I'm a 34D. Is it called real boobs? Well, I tried to find it again today and I've got something that's called www, obviously, uh, 007b.com forward slash breast gallery. So I'm not really sure, but this seemed pretty similar. I think there's a range of natural Mm. boob websites, but it's quite, I don't know, it's quite good and quite reassuring if you're feeling like my boobs aren't the best to like have a look at other people's. Do you think there's like a minimum age to have a boob job because I remember in my school there were people who were 15, 16 getting boob jobs is that too young? I think here you do have to be over 18 to have any kind of operation Surely your boobs are still growing when you're 15 Well someone at my, in my year at school when we were still in uniform so I'm thinking uh, year 11 had a breast reduction she did I have it she, you know, she was ex- extremely large um, and you know in quite a, a bit of discomfort but I do. Th- I mean, she was. She must have been sixteen at the time. So I think medically, for cosmetic surgery, there might be a, a kind of minimum age. Um, I'm not sure what the kind of emotional diagnosis is before you go under the knife. I, I think it's actually very, um, very poor at the moment. Well, they they're meant to sort of provide counselling and things like that. I suppose it brings it back to the question: Do we think that? people should be able to have cosmetic procedures. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for society? I don't know. Would anyone want to have a cosmetic procedure here? Well, a lot of, a lot of people... Oh, just in this room. In this room. In this tiny, oh. tiny room. I was talking about that yesterday, actually, and the only person where I've like looked at pictures before and after, I'm like, OK, that, that definitely does make her look better. <laughs> she was Argo before. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Garner. Have you ever looked at pictures of Jennifer Garner before she had... Lots of surgery. Jennifer Garner's not had surgery. Yeah, she has. Look at you should look at pictures of her like before she was famous. How does she? What's different about she, her? She. The main thing is like her mouth goes far above her gums, so you can see all of her gums when she smiles. Maybe she's just learned to smile better. Mm. I. Th- <laughs> I don't think she's had any plastic surgery. Maybe she has. Maybe every. I've looked at this right after pictures. There's no way her face can change that much just through time. So you think that because she looks better now, then it's good that she had the plastic surgery. Oh, I, get, I see what you mean. I think if you're an actor, then yes, it is better because she's earning her life, her, her wages that way. I just feel like it's something that's so addictive that like people kind of think, oh, if I just change this one thing, then I'll be happy. And it's like, but I think I think there's then. kind of two ways of getting it done. There's like making your face, like changing one thing or two things to make your individuality stand out. And then there's also like, I'm unhappy with my whole face and I want to change it all the kind of Michael Jackson, Lindsay Lohan syndrome. But I think if it's, if it's a little tweak and you kind of control it, like I didn't know that my parents had had nose jobs until they told what? me. What? Your parents yeah. had nose jobs? Both both of my parents. Well, my mum, my it was because she was in a motorcycle accident when she was 17 and the NHS redid her nose. Um, but my dad got a piece removed from his nose, yeah. He also got sideburn implants. I don't recommend that to anyone. Sideburn <laughs> implants? Tell us more. He's got like four symmetrical bumps on either side of his head. Um, from where his sideburns used to grow because it was the 70s and it was fashionable back then and you didn't have hair that grew there. Yeah, that's crazy. That wow. is going so far for a, for a very kind of particular look. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did it just come in fashion that year and he was like, oh my God, I've got to do it. <laughs> but you can get like fake moustaches and probably equally you can get fake sideburns. But the, so I, be, like, I, I can't imagine and... how a fake moustache would work because he, now he's got like little lumps. So it would leave you with a lumpy upper lip. Well, hair transplants for guys are becoming really popular and they're becoming really acceptable as well because for years, if you're a bald man, you know, it, if you're an actor or you just have always cared about your hair, like, 
previously it would be seen as a bit embarrassing to admit to having, you know, a toupee or whatever. But now I think a lot of guys are going for that because it's something they can do and the technology or the medical advances are there to make that happen. And Look I at just, Bruni. Yeah, and James Nesbitt actually as well. Um, my dad saw him the other day in her and Helen. He said that the hair transplant looked really good. <laughs> um, I mean, what we were kind of saying about um, having sort of cosmetic surgery, whether it's a good thing or not, I think for me, I would never have anything done. But it's very hypocritical of me to criticise someone else when I dye my hair, I wear makeup every day. And, you know, that's it's not like I dye my hair slightly, I completely change its colour. So that in itself is a kind of body modification. I like to think that I won't go under the knife for a purely kind of, you know, reasons of vanity. I think, you know, there's a lot of people who have surgery because for whatever reason, it's going to help improve their confidence. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't or is not a good or bad thing, but absolutely, if someone told me I couldn't wear makeup because... Um, you know, it was it was a some kind of modification of my natural look. I would abhor that. Um, but that's not to say that's a good thing about our society that we place so much value in what is ultimately quite superficial. Has anyone seen Snog Marry Avoid? All yeah, the time, constantly. My mum loves it. I love it. So yeah, I find it very entertaining. What kind of annoys me is that there's the presenter who does put on a lot of makeup. But she's also had, had a boob. A, job. Yeah, she's yeah. had a boob job, and her hair is like really straightened and. Mm. Yeah, she's just very glam, isn't it, she? Yeah, it just doesn't... Could, because she goes around being quite condescending to people in the street who are wearing a lot of fake tan, but just because it's a different kind of... Fakeness. Fakeness to yeah. her fakeness. That, yeah, she, like, she looks okay. better. That's what she's saying. Like, you yeah. Know, she's, she's not pretending to look natural. Yeah. And also, it's a bit of an issue because, like, they're saying, oh, we don't think you look good. Yeah, I think that's what I... I mean, I, I love the programme because I love looking at, like, freaky people. But, like, what I hate about it is that, like... It's kind of people who are like dressed in a weird way or like a fun way or like they're just expressing themselves in a certain way through their clothing and through like their makeup and maybe there are like tons of glitter on their face, for example. Like, why shouldn't they be able to do that? Why should they be striving to look natural? I suppose that's the thing because there's almost two different types of people. There's the people who are so insecure and desperate to look better that they go for a kind of Barbie doll, totally exaggerated image. And then there's people who just, okay, they want to look different, but it's more like, I suppose, you could see it as like a theatrical experimentation. Like, people love dressing up, having fun, Mm -hmm. and being expressive. So maybe some people are just expressing themselves with fake tan and wearing minuscule clothes. It's very judgmental. I think the only kind of good thing is that sometimes they show people who, after they've been, like, made more natural, they kind of look at themselves and they say, actually, like, I am really beautiful and I didn't really realise. And, like, I think that's really nice and that's really lovely. But I think a lot of it is just kind of saying, we don't like the way you're expressing yourself with your look. And it's kind of, who cares what you think, you know? I suppose it also comes down to you shouldn't judge the person who's doing that, who maybe does have self-esteem issues or who might not. But the people that we should kind of be annoyed about, the people who profit from exploiting those insecurities. So, for example, UK Feminista organised um, a muff march where people went down Harley Street basically protesting against the plastic surgeons who, if someone goes to them and says, I think I'm abnormal and I want my vagina changed, they'll actually encourage them to do that rather than being like an NHS doctor and say, actually, you are normal, go away and think about it. And that's the difference, isn't it? So one thing I was shocked to read recently in uh, a little interview with Josie Gibson, a new magazine, 
This is a woman who, I think she's been on Celebrity Big Brother, and there's lots of photos, photos of her kind of unveiling herself wearing kind of nude swimwear, and she's talking about a breast augmentation she's planning to have. And uh, the magazine interviewer says, you know, why do you want to go under the knife? And her response is, I've never liked my boobs, to be honest, and now I've lost all that weight. I thought it was time to have them done. I went to the Natural History Museum a few weeks ago and Luke pointed out that my tits looked like a Neanderthals. That's when I thought, he's right, I've got to do something about it. Luke being her boyfriend. I can't believe that. I can't believe that she would say, yeah, you're right, rather than my boyfriend is abusive and awful. Yeah. Or that he would say that, you know, they're grown-ups. Like, why would you say that to them? Why would you go out with them if you don't find them attractive and kind of bully them into doing something like having plastic surgery? I think that's really abusive, actually. Yeah, I think it's absolutely disgusting. Like, how demoralising would it be if the person you're kind of relying on to boost your confidence actually brings it down? Well, at least it wasn't like a zoo attendant. No way, you don't get this. <laughs> a zoo attendant. What, just some random person coming along and saying, you're a tits. Oi. Like that. That's, you, that's you, that is. Also, what's wrong with the Neanderthal? I haven't been to National History Museum's Neanderthal exhibition, so I'm not sure, I can't comment on that, but... I'm sure they're fine. They they probably didn't give them particularly prominently large. What I find interesting as well about this article um, is that every picture of her, she's standing there kind of holding her hands in front of her boobs just so you can't see her nips, as if, like, the nips are somehow worse or more explicit than any other part of your boob, when really, what's the difference? Yeah. Incidentally, I've just just read that her and Luke are actually on a break at the moment. Oh, maybe that's why. Hopefully that's why she gets herself out of that. Maybe she misheard... (laughs) <laughs> you just want to see the good in everyone, don't you? That's very optimistic, yeah. Yeah, maybe you said your your boobs look really beautiful and she had like a Neanderthal. <laughs> and then she got the boob job and then he was like, what? But I said... And then he was like, no, I don't want to go out with someone with fake boobs. And then they broke up. <laughs> okay, tip of the week this week is... Oh, what is it? It's, if you want to make an RC note not sound really unfriendly, write polite notice on the top. What's RC? <laughs> RC. Oh, all right. <laughs> Roman Catholic. <laughs> no, it's not what I'm trying to say. Also, we've got an, a lovely pun sent in by a listener. It has no relevance to anything we've ever spoken about, but let's just read it out. The pun is, I used to be into semaphore, but my interest is flagging. And that was sent in by... Um, <laughs> I didn't one. get it. I, get it. I didn't know what semaphore oh, was. Lily gets it, you don't get it, Catherine. Oh, oh bloody she. hell. Um, and that was sent in by our number one listener, Robin White. Thank you, Robin. Um, that's all we've got time for. For full versions of our shows, check out verylosewomen.wordpress.com. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.